line of prints moving off into the shadows, but of the watching figure itself, there is now no sign. I'd better take you back to the ship. Can you mend it, Grandfather, or have you got to make a new one? I'm afraid he's going to mean a new one, dear, and it's going to take me days. Oh, I don't know, really, I'm always in the... Well, Chesterton. Just as you predicted, Doctor, nothing but snow and ice. Uh, have you found the fault? Yes, 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 but it's going to take such a long time, time we don't have. Well, the only chance is to try and get down to a lower uh, altitude and, uh, you know, before it gets cold and then we... Doctor, there are strange things on the mountain. I saw one of them. What are you talking about now? Well, I only saw a print. Print? What sort of print? Paws? Who's what? To tell you the truth, I thought it was made by a fur boot. Oh, Ian, I, I'm sure it wasn't well, human. If it were, that means there's shelter nearby. The figure has reappeared. Quick, after it. It's our only chance of shelter. The doctor stops to lock the TARDIS door. Come on, Grandfather. All right, yes, 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 yes. They chase the figure back onto the further ledge. Which way did it go? Suddenly, they are faced with a large group of fierce-looking warriors, each armed with a long sword. <laughs> The doctor's party huddles together. Ian to the front. We're travellers, lost on the mountains. Will you give us shelter? The leader among the warriors steps forward and examines the strangers. Ah. Before turning to his men. Hear me, Mongols. In these parts live evil spirits who take our likeness to deceive us and then lead us to our deaths. Let us therefore destroy these evil spirits before they destroy us. We're not evil spirits. We are people like yourselves. Destroy them. Stop! Stop. Pull up your swords. The newcomer is a tall, handsome man in riding boots and furs. Would you have us killed? These are evil spirits. I command you in the name of Kublai Khan. Reluctantly, the Mongols sheathe their weapons. The old man has the mountain sickness. Yes, he has. My caravan is further down the pass. Come, come on, doctor. <laughs> The doctor is breathing hard as Ian takes his arm to help him from the plateau. Who is he, Barbara? I was asking myself the same question. In the main room of a large straight-sided tent draped in furs, a simmering cauldron hangs over a central wood-burning fire with rugs and cowhide stools scattered around it. The cauldron is attended by an attractive young Chinese girl. The tent door opens, and the doctor's party follow their rescuer in. We have guests, Mr. Cho. They are cold and hungry. Yes, Mr. Monk. Ian helps the doctor to a stool near the fire, and Ping Cho ladles liquid from the cauldron into a bowl. Sit down, doctor. The girl hands the doctor the bowl, then serves the others. Thank you, my dear. Like her, only the others. No, he's European, Susan. And you mentioned Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan? 
He was a great Mongol leader. He conquered all of Asia. He had a European in his service. He was a Venetian, and his name... I'm afraid the, uh, the liquid is not too warm. But the cold here is so intense, it even robs the flame of its heat. Oh, it's excellent nourishment, sir. The cold can't affect the heat of the flame, sir. The liquid boils at a lower temperature because there's so little air up here. You mean the air is responsible? Well, the lack of it. Just as the lack of it is responsible for the doctor's mountain sickness. Is your name Marco Polo? It is, my lady, and may I ask who you are? Oh, we're, we're travellers, yes. That's my grandchild, Susan, and that's Miss Wright, and that's Charlton. <laughs> Chesterton. Ian Chesterton. My companions are the Lady Ping Cho and the Warlord Tegant. We travel to Shangtu. Shangtu? That's in China, isn't it? China? I do not know this place. Shangtu is in Cathay. Oh, silly of me. Yes, of course, Cathay. Well, you must all be very tired. Pinto, you will share your quarters with... Susan. Susan, I will sleep here with the others and Lady... Miss Wright. Miss Wright, you will have mine. Thank you. Thank you. You saved our lives. <clears throat> I'm rather curious to know why you were wandering around the mountainside at night. But... Questions can wait until then. Uh, no, no, there were two young men that I would like to ask. We'll ask them. Uh, what uh, year is this and, and where are we? Hmm? You do not know? No, that's why I'm asking you. How long have you been travelling? It is 1289 and this is the plain of Pamir, known to those who travel to Cathay as the roof of the world. The roof of the world? Twelve hundred and eighty-nine. Ah. The moon hangs high above the tent as Ping Cho enters her bamboo-screened quarters. Susan is lying on one of the two soft bedding rolls. Are you asleep, Susan? No. Where are you from? That's a very difficult question to answer, Ping Cho. You do not know where your home is. Well, I've had... Many homes, in many places. What about you? I come from Samarkand. My father is government official there. But I thought Mr. Polo said... Messer Marco. That's what we call him in Cathay, Susan. Well, I thought Messer Marco said that you were going to Shangtu. Are you on holiday? No. Kubla Khan's summer palace is in Shangtu. I am going there to be married. What? Well, how old are you? I am in my 16th year. Well, so am I. Do you marry at our age in your land? Here it is the custom. Is your fiancé handsome? My what? You... The man you're going to marry. I have never seen him. What? The marriage has been arranged by my family. I know only two things about him. Well, what are they? He's a very important man. That's a good start. <laughs> and he's 75 years old. In the main room... Tigana is sucking broth in the company of Polo. You should have let me kill them. Why? Because their clothes are different from ours? Because their words are unfamiliar to our ears? No, Tigana. They are travelers. They are evil spirits, sorcerers, magicians. Tomorrow, if we live until then, you may see that I speak the truth. I think the sun's rays will dispel the shadows from your mind, Tigana. Is it what you believe? Listen. 
The carriage they travel in has no wheels. It just stands there like a warlord's tomb on one end. And another thing, it is not large enough to carry four people. It must be. I say it is not, and yet I saw all four walk from it. Upon my sword, I swear it to you. Polo leans thoughtfully in towards the fire. Next morning, Ian, Barbara and Susan have returned to the plateau with Polo and Tagana. So, this is your caravan? Yes. The doctor calls it the TARDIS. Where are the wheels? He doesn't have any. Then how does it move? Through the air. Did I not say that they were evil spirits? Are you of the Buddhist faith? No, why? Well, at the Khan's court in Peking, I have seen Buddhist monks make cups of wine fly through the air unaided and offer themselves to the great Khan's lips. I do not understand it, but I have seen it. There is room for all of you inside here, Miss Wright. Yes. Polo steps up close to the ship and examines it. Lingering beside the doors. And one enters here. Locked. Where is the key? The doctor has it. And you wouldn't let him come up here. Oh, yes. He has the mounted sickness. Have you the power to make it fly? No, only the doctor has that power. Why is it here? It's damaged. What? Um... A part of it is broken. But it could be moved by hand. Oh, yes, if you had sufficient men. 